Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I believe that every good thing God wants to do in your life, everything that God has planned for your life, begins with one word, and that word is yes. There are very few ways people express the love of God through their yes better than adopting kids into their families, fostering kids through extremely difficult seasons. The people who foster, the people who adopt are true heroes. That's why here at Say Yes, we have taken the whole month of October to focus on telling amazing stories of people whose yes has created safety, love, family, and hope for kids. Listen, laugh, cry, and feel deeply as we enter into conversations with people from across the country whose yes to God has created space and home for others. Our sponsor this month is Foster 180. Foster 180 is a hand-holding nonprofit for families here in Lebanon, Tennessee. Foster 180 builds bridges of care by holding hands with families, care workers, kids, providing physical support like clothes and cribs, emotional support through training and walking alongside those people whose yes has led to fostering. Check them out at foster180.com and the link will be in each of your show notes. You can find Say Yes and Become on Spotify, Apple, and wherever podcasts can be found. And we would love it if you listen, follow, and like us. So get ready, grab your coffee, and step into the stories of yes. Welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and I am super excited. This month has been all about foster care and adoption. Check out our sponsor, Foster 180. But I am super excited to uh, be with... Uh, Nick and Julie Aiken. Got, uh, these two people have uh, have stepped in to the world of adoption in such a radical way, and they're going to tell you their stories. And as we listen uh, today, let me just encourage you to feel what you feel and think what you think, because there is uh, some special grace and some special wisdom that's going to come through their words today. Uh, I want to uh, have them introduce themselves to you. So Nick and Julie, uh, rock, paper, scissors, and see who goes first. <laughs> All, right. All right, good. Oh. Rock, paper. Oh, she goes oh, first. I... <laughs> winner, <Yeah>. winner. Nick... <laughs> We're Nick and Julie Aiken. We have been married for going on 15 years. Can't believe that. It's crazy. I'm not old enough to have been married for 15 years. Yeah, you don't look it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, we have four kids. Addie is 11 and in the sixth grade. Jude is almost seven next month. Tanvi is four. And then we have Milo, who is about to turn two. We were home from India for six months, and I had been having a lot of health issues and uh, had been told for a few years that the only way to permanently correct the issues was to have a hysterectomy. So I went in grieving just that that part of my life was over, went in for the ultrasound and instead they found a baby. So Milo yeah. was our surprise miracle. <laughs> yeah. She, she was going in to get her hysterectomy and she called me and she said, Nick, do you hear that? And I was like, hear what? And I heard, duk, 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 duk. <laughs> are you pregnant? What? <laughs> so yeah, big surprise after we brought Tanvi home. So oh, yeah, that was number man. four. <laughs> we always talked about thing. maybe adopting a second one, but then when Milo was born, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can do five. <laughs> every every dad that has been interviewed this month has said the same exact thing. And every <laughs> wife has said, well, I just had the sense from God that our family wasn't complete. <laughs> uh, and I'm not I'm not prophesying anything here. Yes, thank I, you. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but I just had this sense of our family wasn't complete. And uh, uh, the people who were on this week, he's like, She's God told me, and he's well, God did not tell me you get back to that meeting and let him correct you. My quiver's no, full. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, uh, our, our house, our van, everything is full. <laughs> we don't need, we're gonna have to buy a bigger vehicle and everything. So yes, except the bank account. That's not always full. Yes, right? that's yes, never. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's all good. All that right. Provides. Well, Nick, what do you do? Uh, I'm in full-time ministry. I'm a, a travel around, sing Christian music, grew up with my family. Um, some of your listeners may remember I was on a previous podcast, talked a lot about that. Um, just grew up with my family, uh, traveling around singing. Now I'm doing it out on my own. I bring Julie and the kids with me whenever I can, get them up on a few songs to sing with me and 
uh, we've just had a great year. This is my first year doing it by myself. And uh, I'm actually finally getting in the studio. Schedules, traveling schedule slowed down a bit. So I'm going to try to get busy getting the albums, everything recorded. So it's kind of where I am right now. Excellent. But, uh, That's at Nick Aiken Music, right? Yes, nickakenmusic.com. All right. We're going to put that in the show notes just because we always want to give that that a plug uh, for yeah, the kids that's great. and for Julie's sake. That's <laughs> oh, <great>. thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, while we're talking about that, too, um, if if someone wants to go, I'm sure we're going to talk about, obviously, Tommy's story and everything, but there is a uh, Fox 5 did a interview about our story. And if you go to YouTube and type in her name, T-A-N-V-I, Tanvi, and then type in Fox 5, It'll come up and you can watch. There's footage of us in India and just getting her. It's a really cool video that they put together oh, and aired. It. So anyway, just while I'm thinking of it, because I'd probably forget later. That <laughs> is actually going to go in the show notes to T-A-N-V-I uh, Fox, Fox, Fox 5 Atlanta. Yeah, Fox 5 Atlanta. I was going to say we got to put a put a location there because sure, yeah. Fox 40 is in California. Fox 8 is some, you know. So. Right, right. <laughs> But so um, our our podcast is called Say Yes and Become. Yeah, because we just really believe that um, I hold firmly to the conviction that what you say yes to transforms you. If it's mm-hmm. good, it transforms you for the better. If it's bad, well, it it's not so good. And uh, and and the two invitations that come from God from Genesis to Revelation are, would you come and be close to me? Mm-hmm. live with me abide in me the bible says it that way uh love god with all your heart soul mind and strength the bible puts it that way and then he says now join me in what i want doing i'm inviting you to join me and uh that's love your neighbor as yourself uh or bear fruit and sure. um one of the most radical ways in which somebody uh joins god in our culture i believe is through adoption and fostering uh, oh, yeah. you genuinely uh love your neighbor as yourself. You have said, I'm going to go find me a neighbor and love them into the kingdom, love them into a family, give them a place to belong. And you two have done that. Um, And so let me, let me just jump right into this conversation. Uh, How did you get to that? Yes. Uh, Individually Mm -hmm. and then together, because that's not little. Sure. I think God, it, it evolved over time. I think it, the seed was planted as a child. Um, once I heard the, there was a need of children who needed families, um, that seed was already planted. And then as Nick and I started dating and early in our marriage, we kept saying one day, one day, oh, that would be so cool to adopt. And talk um, with no action, though. It was just like, yeah, we should adopt. You know, it was that kind of. I had this whole image that we would have three biological children, they would become teenagers and then we would adopt again. I really, really love, love Stephen Curtis Chapman and his family. And I kind of had a model in my head pictured after his family, but God just um, very, very boldly said now, you know, it's not one day it's now. And that was when Nick and his family were singing uh, music at a revival at a local church. And this particular night, the church was also hosting a children's choir from Uganda called Ugandan Thunder. Mm. And they travel around the States to raise money for their orphanage. And something just resonated with me that night. And I just, my heart, it was a complete shift. We decided to sponsor a child monthly, but we came home and we both knew that, you know, now's the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we both were talking about, it. I was like, I think there's more we're supposed to do, you know? And that was yeah. when we started just deciding it was time to put action to those words we had said so many times. Oh, well, you know, one day, one day. And mm. I, yeah, it kind of happened together, but we didn't want to make an emotional decision. And I was coming up on um, a time period, especially back when I traveled with my family, dad, my, my dad had vocal cord surgery years mm-hmm. ago. I don't know if we talked about that the last time we were on a podcast, but, uh, he had vocal cord surgery. The doctors told him he may never sing again. This was years ago. And obviously he's still singing to this day, um, which is a whole awesome story and miracle, but, um, long story short, they told him he needed to rest his voice for a month out of the year. Like he needed to find a month and just rest and not sing a lot, not talk a lot. <laughs> um, and so way back then we picked December and with that said, we, we, we were coming up on December and we said, hey, we're going to take this entire month and we're just going to pray about it. And then, you know, come January, if we're still feeling the same way, then we're going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously January came. We, we never stopped thinking about it. it yeah, we just... knew. It's one of those things that it almost felt kind of funny to pray for. Because, I mean, the Bible <laughs> says, do it. So what is, <laughs> yeah. what's left to pray about? But I think it's good that we waited. I think God yeah. takes those waiting moments to strengthen your faith. And, and we were originally, because of Ugandan Thunder, looking at adopting from Uganda and um, found out that restrictions there have just gotten so tight. Um, you have to have a residency in Uganda for a year before they allow you to adopt. Hmm. Um, and we looked at domestic adoption. They said we're not good candidates for that um, because of having older biological kids. So we um, called an adoption agency. I was just saying, what what's out there? She said, have you ever considered, you know, China or India? I really encourage you. Those are the most predictable processes, these two countries. Um, and India had never crossed my mind. I just it's silly now that I know what I know to realize that I, I had no clue, 31 million orphans estimation yeah. in India, more than in any other country in the world. They don't even know if that's accurate because it's just, there's so many out on the streets. I mean, we yeah. saw that when we were there. Yeah, so many unaccounted everywhere. for. It's much uh, higher. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. You think that Texas as our second largest state in the U.S. has an estimated 26 million, not an estimate, we know our numbers here, 26 yeah. million people. Um, so more orphans in India than there are people who live in Texas. Yeah. It was just absolutely mind boggling. And then when looking up the stats on India, realizing that 85% of the population is Hindu, 10% Muslim, and that leaves 5% of everything else, mm -hmm. um, Christianity, Sikh, if I'm saying that right, mm -hmm. um, atheism, Buddhism, everything else. Animism, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we found a YouTube video of this family who had adopted from India, and it showed her progression from when they picked her up. And the very end of the video ended with their daughter singing, Jesus loves me. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that God said, you know, this is exactly what I'm calling you to, because outside of adoption, these children will never hear my name yeah. or how much I love them. And um, from then on out, it was just not a doubt in our minds. <laughs> yeah. And, and one cool Thing, and I, I guess we'll get to more of this story. I don't know. Sometimes I tend to jump around, but uh, just God's little God weeks. But um, once we started pursuing it and, and, and we were in the process, I'll never forget. This was back before COVID. They had, you know, you, when your kids still played on the McDonald's playgrounds with other kids. And all yes. Um, but Addie was playing. Addie and Jude, I guess, were playing with this little girl and she just came up to me and she was talking to me. She was so sweet. I said, hey, what's your name? She said, Journey. And when she walked away, I just picked up my phone and called Jess. Like, Julie, we were open to a boy or a girl, but I said, if we get a girl, we just got to name her Journey. Like, that's just the coolest name. Like, like what a what what a cool name. And so we had it in our minds. We we had this puzzle made up for a fundraiser and all these different things. And we had Journey on it and all stuff. We were we never told anyone, but we had planned to name her Journey. Yeah. I love that band, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we got Tanvi's file and her name was Tanvi in her language, it means beautiful and delicate. Mm. And so we gave her the middle name journey and it's beautiful and delicate journey is exactly oh, the way we describe, describe it. So it's kind of <laughs> cool little, uh, you know, story there. Oh no, I love it. I love it. So you, you are awakened to the possibility of India. You watch a video and God grabs your soul and says, this is it. This is where you're headed. Um, yeah. What'd you do next? We um, just right jumped in. in. Yes. Yeah, head first as fast as we could go. And it was kind of scary because we knew when you adopt from India, you know, from, from the standpoint of, of not living in India, mm -hmm. um, your child is going to have special needs of some kind like that. Yeah. That was just what we knew off the bat. And we didn't know. And I would say the hardest part we always talk about was just, they give you like a list of all these different things and you're supposed to check what you will, what you're willing to accept mm -hmm. and not check what you're not, you know, it's like a yes, no, maybe kind of thing. And that was probably the hardest thing. That was definitely the um, hardest. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go that ahead. was definitely the hardest. Yes. I, I think that where our faith grew even more because we knew we wanted to adopt, but I um, don't really know how to talk about it without being completely vulnerable. But yeah. being the mom of a child with special needs was something I never felt equipped for, never had crossed my mind, um, just did not think I could handle. So that part of it was huge step of faith. Um, we had even told our um, 
what do you call her, the lady? Social, uh, worker. social worker. You know, we said, you know, we're looking for probably more like minor special needs because of the way that I travel. And our social worker was even shocked when we said yes to Tommy's file. And she called us to confirm, are you sure that you can, because I've had family say before that they can handle something. And I can tell you that it doesn't always work out. You need to know. You said minor special, <laughs> but we just knew when we saw Tommy, like, this is, mm-hmm. that's her. Like we just knew. Well, you t- they give you a month to look over the checklist mm-hmm. of all of the yeses or nos. And I remember feeling so grieved that God, I don't want my check mark, my handwriting on this piece of paper to have any sway in your plan. Cause you do, you feel like one check mark could completely change the child that's presented to you mm. just checking one. And honestly, we, we got Tommy because of one check mark that we put maybe to, mm. And it was, and we were on, we were on the fence. Do we put yes, no, or maybe? And we put maybe. And, um, and she was presented to us for that one. But they maybe. give you 30 days to, to make a decision about that checklist. And one Sunday night, we had to turn it in on a Monday. And the Sunday night before we had reached the end of the line, we carried that piece of paper to the altar at church. And mm. we're just laying in at God's feet that God, you are in control. You know who our baby is. Um, we don't want any say in it. And then, yeah, to be presented with Tom, Tom be based on a maybe is just no doubt. God, and you need to tell them the story about when you got when I was walking in Walgreens and you got the uh, you got the file sent to you when I wasn't even in the car and you you waited on me to open it. Until oh, I, got I, said I was a very nice wife. I went, so we were <laughs> together to look at her picture for the first time. That's I went into a Walgreens for something. And then when I came back, she said, Nick, they sent me a file. I think you covered it. I mean, I know, but I mean, after when you opened it, just what it was like. Man. I thought you always talk about like what you saw. Anyway, I guess um, not. Sorry. This is awkward. <laughs> We're awkward people. Okay. Anyway, so basically she opened it up and we saw those big brown eyes. I'll just tell the story. Um, <laughs> I don't really know either. She's got the look on her face that says, I think you're, you're looking for a specific thing. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> yes. I don't know this part of what you're talking about. I don't know. Anyway, I just, the, uh, just when she opened it up and we saw her big brown eyes staring back at us, it was like, we just knew that she was the one and we didn't know anything about her needs or anything mm-hmm. yet. But, and that was what I was getting at is when we went that whole time, we took the whole month to pray about it. And I talked to my pastor, I talked to doctors, doctors, and uh, we, there was recommended a place in Birmingham that it's like medical international team. adoption clinic. Yeah. And they walked through all the special needs and explained everything to us. Some of it, I didn't even understand or know what it was. Um, and anyway, I'll never forget. I was talking to a chiropractor friend of mine. He's a Christian. And, uh, Some of Tommy's needs are spinal. Yeah. Related. Spinal yeah. related stuff. So I was just talking to him and I was saying, you know, it's scary, but I was like, I just, I just can't feel anything different. Like, I just feel like she's mine when she's my child. And he was like, well, Nick, it sounds to me like God's giving you your answer. Cause it was like, I was, <laughs> I was trying to get someone to tell me no or something. Like right. I was scared in a way to say yes, but I just knew deep down that yeah. I can't say no to this. Like there's this a is- Greek word that describes that it's called duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, but I think our faith grew stronger in that yeah. month than out of any other um, season of our life. And, um, it is, I think when you give God your small yeses it's, mm-hmm. and you see him come through, it's easier to trust him with your big yeses. And yeah. that's where we are right now. It's just like, God, I've seen how you've carried us through mm-hmm. these impossible situations, things that I never thought I was capable of, that I was yeah. equipped for, um, it's kind of a cliche saying, but he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And that is just my testimony. Well, I think mm-hmm. adoption really does build your faith up um like in just such a huge way from everything from the financial aspect of how god how is god going to provide to like like the special needs and us going how are we going to do this like ostomy bags and all the different things we went went through and we thought it was going to be so hard and then it just becomes like second nature yeah we start realizing what were we so scared of like you know god you know god's god just gives you the strength little at a time our daily bread yeah and he just gives you that every day what you need to um to just move forward and that's kind of what we did i'm kind of glad we didn't know everything all at once i just think it's it's good that we didn't well you're describing the process of god enlarging your faith um because what happens to there's somebody listening right now who's going 
yeah, I could never do that. I, I'm not equipped for that. I'm, I could never do that. Uh, which is the exact same words that you said. And mm. now you're going, well, yeah, the, what were we so mm. afraid of? You know, and he enlarged your faith, the steps of your faith. You know, mm. and I, I imagine that more than one person in scripture and in history um, has said, uh, I always say it this way, forgive me if it's too crass, God, what are you smoking? That you, <laughs> <laughs> that you would ask me to go do that. I mean, are you yes. sure you dialed the right number? And and uh, I'll probably get a letter for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um I think but, that we can have an eternal mindset yes. and we can see that life here is a vapor and it is so short. And when you step out and do the hard things that God calls you to do, you're having an eternal impact, you know, a generational yeah. impact. It starts here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Tondi might have children who will know Jesus now. Yeah. Um, and so it, it does. We just have to plant that mustard seed at his feet and he does the rest. Absolutely. He describes the, the kingdom like that, doesn't he? He says, a seed goes in the ground, but a tree grows out of the ground. And, mm -hmm. um, and so that's a, that's a great picture. So let me, let me, uh, let me continue to push this, uh, this, this conversation as, um, so you, uh, you've made the decision, you've got the file, uh, she's got some special needs. You don't know the full extent, even as much research as you've done, you don't know the full extent. Um, and it only costs $11 to go to India, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, oh my goodness. Yeah. When you see those adoption fees and the $43,000, it, it is quite astounding. Yeah. And how did God provide that for you? Um, a little at a time. It's another thing where our prayers always been, or really through the adoption process, our prayers become daily bread. Um, you don't all of a sudden have a bank account full of $43,000 just for the adoption. But as each bill or fee came due, we would miraculously have it. We did, would do all kind of cool things. Like we, we just, we saw that someone else did this and we thought, well, we'll try it. And we, we did a puzzle fundraiser mm -hmm. where the puzzle said journey and all this. And we would just say, Hey, if you, if you want to donate to our adoption, you know, for every person that donates $10 for a puzzle piece, We'll write your name on the back, and one day Tanvi will be able to see everybody well, that helped child. her. Yeah, at the point we didn't know who, who it was, but anyway, so yeah, we we would do that. But people kept saying, "Well, here I'm going to give you, you know, a hundred dollars, but just give me one puzzle piece. Don't, don't mm -hmm. give me ten. Keep." And the puzzle kept stretching and stretching. That was where a lot of our money came from. Was really just a, something as silly as a puzzle. I mean, it just people just loved that. And then we did that. We got some grants that came through. Um, I sold jewelry. Yeah, Julie sold jewelry. That's what started. She sells jewelry to this day, and it started. It makes jewelry, but she started it back then uh, as as just ways to you know we were just trying to do everything we could to raise money, and then the the cherry on top was this um, one. We got the call that we were supposed to travel. Um, they were like, "You're ready to go. Everything's set, but but we need you to pay the adoption and pay for the adoption in full before you know." you come or you're able to go and we were like we yeah we we're like we owe fourteen thousand dollars like how is that what are we going to do and so we, we were on our way to church and we got that call on a wednesday night and we were in tears yeah we were just like how are we going to do this i guess tomorrow we'll call the bank see if we can get some sort of a loan or whatever we're walking in the church talking about this and i i walk into the place where we drop our kids off and we were about to walk away and the lady that was watching the kids ran up and said, Hey, Nick and Julie, Nick and Julie, wait for just a second. Um, she said, I don't know uh, why, but I normally, I have this allotted money that it's something to do with her business and all this stuff. She said, and I normally give it to this other organization, but she said, I just feel like the Lord is telling me that I need to give it to y'all. And it comes right up to $14,000. Mm. We just, we lost it. We cried. We hugged her. We told her what we were talking about as we walked in the door. Actually, I think, not that this is crucial to the story, yeah. but just funny to think back on, I think she said it comes out to $13,960. Yeah, it was something like that. And it when was we like, told right her, said, so, well, I'm just going to round it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah, God, uh, every... God just has this way. Every time we needed it, it was there. We yeah. never had it ahead of time. 
but every time we needed it, yeah. it was provided. And then we start looking at travel and I had a friend call and um, she said she was calling for some other reason. She texted me and said, Hey, I need to talk to you about such and such. And she said, actually, that was just a trick. I needed you to call me. We want to pay for your airline tickets. So y'all book your tickets and we'll reimburse you. So God just uses people and people are blessed to be a part of a story. When they see God moving, they want to join in and they want to become that village um, that that our families need. And they're still a part of the journey, getting to watch her grow and progress um, in physical therapy. When we brought her home from India, she was barely able to, she was almost two years old. She weighed 14 pounds. Yeah. And she was barely able to sit up without falling over. We would have to put a pillow behind her. Mm. And now she is walking with her little walker. All she is the Motor the City Madman. I have watched. <laughs> oh my goodness. She's actually, sorry, I'm getting off track here, yeah, but um, she is a miracle child for the Children's Miracle Network mm. for the Atlanta branch because of all the surgeries she's had with them. And as a part of that, a lot of opportunities have come. We get to go and share her story a lot. But we got to go to the Braves game the other night and be a part of the pregame parade when the Braves were playing the Mets. Really mm. big game, which was intimidating. But she got on her walker and walked around the entire stadium, and the whole stadium full of people were cheering for her. And yeah, you can watch it. I may have put a video. Of I that saw it. On my I saw it. It was pretty oh, great. And one oh, of the coaches so. handed her a ball, and she walked it up, walked over to him <laughs> in her walker to get the ball. So it's just. And I would say because it was a long walk, I said. Sweetie, you want me to help you? No, I do it by myself. I do it by myself. She, yeah. she just thrives off yeah. of the cheers. You know, she's just, she's going. So people want to be a part of that. When they see God working, you just, it, it motivates you. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. I I love that part of the story. And, I, and I'm uh, grateful that God has uh, uh, etched that into your soul. Because uh, you, you're not telling that as history. You're telling that. Uh, you live it over and over again. I can see by your faces that uh, I'm just going to round it up to fourteen thousand uh, dollars. I mean, wow! Uh, I, I'm just going to do that, you know. And it's uh, those are very powerful things. Um, yeah. Tell me about uh, you had two other kids, uh, uh, your 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 daughter Addie and 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 your son. Don't tell me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. I was working on it. Um, how did they, how were they involved in this process with you? I prayed when we, that's one thing that people, the naysayers kind of tell you is that, oh, how is it going to affect your kids? You know, you need to think about them. You don't want them to resent you. And there was some fear going into that. Um, you know, you're, you're getting, you're adopting a child with special needs. They're obviously going to require a lot of attention. Um, and so we were nervous about that, but we just prayed and laid that at God's feet and prayed that God, we know that if you have called Nick and I to this, that you're going to call our children to this. Mm-hmm. And, um, it has, we were home from India for two days before we ended up in the hospital with Tanvi before her needs became an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was already here staying with them while we were in, in India. So she stayed for a little bit longer, but she brought the kids to the hospital every single day. Um, to get to see us in Atlanta. And that was just huge in their lives. I've seen empathy and compassion and just things bloom in their hearts and God plants seeds in in their hearts at the hospital. Just she had one of her biggest surgeries, the same. It was Jude's birthday. It was his fourth birthday. It was his fourth birthday. She had a big surgery and we just asked the, uh, the nurses, is there a room or something somewhere if we wanted to have a party for him and invite you know, this is before COVID, it was right mm-hmm. before COVID hit. They were letting people do this kind of thing. And they had a little play area down the hall and they were like, yeah, you can have the whole room. We'll block it off for you. And hmm. he says to this day, that was his favorite birthday party. The nurses asked his favorite color. And when we woke up in the morning, they, all the nurses had signed a happy birthday sign and put it on the door with his favorite color streamers. But hmm. I think they've learned empathy and I think they've learned how to care for others just through watching her because yeah they see, um, you know, that she can't do everything they can do, but they encourage her, you know, right. and, they, and they're there. Right. And it, it does, it teaches you as I, I mean, I don't know because I wasn't a child who had a sibling like that, but I just, I can't imagine that would have had a big impact on me. I mean, they've done things that most siblings would never even never have to do. I mean, Tommy did have an ostomy bag for a year. Mm-hmm. And when our children walked in after her surgery it was alarming to see her stoma and it was, yeah. it was very scary but to 
to watch how they would come in the bathroom whenever I changed her bag. They would help. They would bring me supplies. Right. Um, and sometimes still her daily medical issues make her sick. Um, and Tom, Addie, our oldest, will come running with ponytail holders and a bowl, bless her heart. Just, what can yeah. I do? How can I help? And so yeah. it really is. You just never know what what God is going to do in their future because of this. Wow. Well, you know, it's um, it's so fun to hear those stories. Uh, the kids don't have the history to talk themselves out of compassion uh, mm. that adults do. And so kids naturally say, well, let's just give it all to Jesus. Let's just do all that for Jesus. And um, it sounds like you guys have created an environment where there's very few reasons to talk yourself out of mm -hmm. compassion. And that's a, mm -hmm. an amazing gift you're giving to them. Uh, we're going to take a few minute break uh, to hear from Foster 180. Uh, but when we come back, here's what I want to do. I want you to answer this question. Um, what has this cost you guys? Uh, we're, we're, the, there's You've gained so much. Um, but uh, Jesus talks about a cross and you take up your cross and you follow after him. And and we know that, that Tanvi is not a cross, um, but it took a lot of bearing things to get there. And sure. so I'm just going to let you guys think a little bit about that. Um, and we'll be right back. Uh, let's hear from our, our sponsor, Foster 180. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Abigail Moore, the Transitional Living Coordinator with Foster 180. Did you know that we all innately possess the seed of resilience? This is the ability to not only recover, but to also advance despite adverse experiences. It's something that everyone has the ability to achieve, even when one has faced hardship, but you can't do it alone. Just like a seed needs water, sunlight, and soil to grow and mature, resilience has some requirements as well. The first is healthy attachments. An example of how Foster 180 helps facilitate this is through our partnership with SOAR. It's a grassroots organization seeking to make an impact on youth across Wilson County with personal positive influences through a mentor relationship. Self-regulation is also necessary in order to achieve resilience. And we teach this through various interactive activities at Camp Togo. One more vital piece is protection. When people, organizations, and communities are educated and choose to offer trauma-informed care, we are better equipped to recognize the signs of trauma and to respond and protect those involved from getting re-traumatized. It's Foster 180's desire to have a facility where we help families learn and practice these components of building resilience with foster and bio parents. If you have any questions, or are interested in supporting Foster 180, please contact us at www.foster180.com. That's www.foster180.com. This is Leonard Lee, and we're having a great conversation uh, with Nick and Julie Aiken. We're talking about Tanvi. We're talking about their, their kids and uh, the adoption process. When we when we left, I asked this question: What does this cost you? Um, and they're gonna they're gonna tackle that question uh, for us right here. I would say um, the word that comes to mind maybe might be convenience. Mm. Um, nothing is as convenient as it used to be, as far as you know, just getting around, going to do things. It's you got to slow down when you when you're with Tanvi. You know, you can't always just go fast. Um, and you know, I don't know if that, if that's one thing that comes to your mind. Um, but to be honest, again, like you were saying, it's like everything we gained is so much more, you know, than convenience or whatever you, you, you always think you got to go so fast paced and then you, you have a child with special needs and you realize it's okay to slow down. You know, it's, it's just okay. And, um, all things for good. Mm. And that's definitely what he has done through Tom B is that even, um, watching her suffer, you know, sometimes on a daily basis, because she does you know, have pain a lot, just knowing that he is going to bring good out of it. And maybe that doesn't even happen this side of heaven, but one day we will have redemption for the inconveniences or um, whatever it might be. But if you can have an eternal perspective, 
yeah. on what it costs you, then it doesn't feel like a cost. Yeah. 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 I, I, I suspected that would be the answer. Um, I've asked that question of several others and they say, well, it's hard to measure cost because of the reward we have. Right. Um, but the practical, the practical nature of it is convenience. It's financial. Sure. Uh, there yeah. is uh, uh, it's, it's caused you to have to adjust your parenting. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that go into that. And, well, and like, even like her medical needs and, you know, it, there's a daily routine we kind of have to do. It takes about what, 45 minutes wow. every day to an hour every day. You just have to block off the time. Um, but it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. I mean, she's the, you're not, I don't know. I know everybody probably says this about their kids. I've never met a kid more full of joy than that little mm. girl. I mean, all you gotta do is look at her and her arms start wiggling. She starts smiling. Yeah. She's so happy to see you. And yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm trying to take a picture. I just, I'm, I have to remind her, babe, you can't wave your arms. You gotta put your arms down. You got to smile and be <laughs> still, you know, like, cause it, every picture turns out blurry. She's just that happy. Oh yeah. Such a sweet girl. And I mean, talk about a difference between, we bring her home and I mean like well really the whole time we were in India like she never smiled she never cried like she would just sit there with a blank stare on her face mm -hmm. and 20 hour flight home not one single tear yeah never yeah. cried and here she is today you know like goodness we call her a human emoji yeah <laughs> <laughs> she so, can make every uh, face known to man man that is so great I I have watched your videos I've seen your photos um and uh there is a fullness of life in her that is very special. But what's really fun is I see it in your other kids too. Oh, yeah. There's a contagious piece to that, that the soil that you two have created for that to grow there. Um, uh, I think we under underestimate joy as strength. Yeah. Um, you know, we think, you know, we just try to explain joy as it's different than happiness. But in mm -hmm. reality, it's God's joy that is our strength. Yeah. And uh, we underestimate the strength that joy brings. And you get to see it every day that there is mm -hmm. a strength that she gets and your family gets because mm -hmm. there's joy mm -hmm. in that's her. It. And so that's and just a fun thing. One of my favorite people who I consider a hero of my faith is Catherine Wolf. I don't know if you know her story, but she had a near fatal stroke. Um, only had been married for three years. She had had a three-month-old baby. Oh, I know her. Um, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. she's just amazing testimony. But one thing that I've heard her say recently is that she's trying to destroy the lie that um, that joy comes only from a pain-free life. Mm. And that's where we we see it in Tanvi every single yeah. day is that her walking, yes, that that's a miracle. We have seen physical miracles. We've seen financial miracles. But the joy in her despite her pain to me is the true miracle yeah yeah what a great gift what a great perspective Catherine wolf has um she just spoke at our church uh, earlier this year and uh you know everybody walked out going man i'm a bad person she's amazing <laughs> she is i i whine about parking spaces and she's up there yeah. telling me uh so and she did not make us feel bad she made us feel great and, and right. hopeful. it's a gift so, she is she is a gift for sure <laughs> well you've come through this journey now and we use the word journey uh, intentionally uh you've gotten to this place um you live in the moment you uh because that's all you have um, but my guess is, is that there's a probably, probably uh, one or 10 more big hurdles coming your way. Sure. Um, you know, the reality of, uh, of Tanvi's uh, physical limitations, the, uh, what's it going to look like when she's 13, when she's 15, right. when she's 20, uh, what's that going to turn into when uh, the voices of our world remind her she's different? Mm -hmm. And they're louder than the voices that say she's special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like? And that's an inevitable thing. Uh, and that's why the voice of God is so important. Sure. Um, so let me ask you this question, and I'm not trying to harsh, you know, be harsh or anything. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what fuels you two? 
in this journey because your fuel is going to be uh, so important to her fuel and to the to your other three kids fuel so what fuels mm-hmm. you two in this journey um i think it is just the reminder of how god has come through every single mm-hmm. time and every hurdle that comes our way that we have worried and lost sleep over mm-hmm. just suddenly becomes no nothing big <laughs> no big yeah. deal because it's yeah. it's his strength um, it fuels me to know that I don't have to rely on my strength because mm. I I have none. <laughs> yeah. Say that again, because I think that is that's wisdom straight from the mouth of God. Oh, well, it, it fuels me to know what did I say? <laughs> it fuels me to <laughs> know that I yeah. no, it fuels me to know that I don't have to rely on my own strength. Mm, that's so good. It fuels yeah. me to know that I don't have to rely on my own strength. Uh, you have just uh, spoken to everyone who listens um, because we are all trying to figure out where do I get the strength? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do I get the fuel for this? You know, yeah. We're not supposed to have it. That's yeah. not the point. We're supposed to seek after the one who does and like the giver of well, it. And that's the thing is like, you can look so far into the future that you do. You kind of tend to go, well, what is it going to be like? What's life going to be like? But again, it's just kind of like with the finances, like day by day, God provides day by day, God directs Mm. and God gives you the strength to get through the next day. And I, and I know that as long as we are maintaining our relationship with the Lord, staying close to him, raising our kids to love him, then the rest is going to take care of itself as we pursue after the Lord and seek after him on how to handle each day, each challenge that comes our way. Um, because otherwise, yeah, it's like you, you don't, you're just not prepared, but I don't, I don't know how to, um, how to think too far into the future. I'm, I'm kind of like a live in the moment, I guess, kind of a person. My, my mind wants to wander in the future, but every time I do, that's when you start just worrying. So, and I don't want to be a worrier and, you know, I tend to do that too much anyway. So I do feel like, like Julie said, everything that we have worried about, it seemed like God just took care of it. And so that gives you perspective and it gives you um, just the strength to move forward in the future challenges. I mean, she's facing more surgeries coming up. Um, She's had four so far though. You can look back on all of them and see how God, you know, just brought her through all of those um, and how God provided and all the different things. And you go and you, and you think back on stories like the one we told you about the $14,000 and you just think, okay, that had to be God. Like I cannot explain, like somebody explain to me how that is not God. Like it just doesn't, that would be a crazy coincidence. (laughs) When he says his grace is sufficient too, that was something else that I just really relied on because we had, we were in India for a week. We came home severely. Jet lagged two days later, ended up in the hospital mm. ER, stayed there for 11 days. Nick and I, anything after sitting upright for 23 hours straight was going to be comfortable. So we shared that little bitty couch in the mm. hospital. I was grateful to have the little couch. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now because on the plane, I, I looked at Julie a couple of times. I was trying to hold Tommy because we they had a bassinet for her, yeah. but every time there was turbulence, they'd make you get her out. And I was sitting there like, awake for 23 hours i didn't even know what time it was i kept we kept chasing the sun and i was sitting there like <laughs> trying to hold her and i would i would start falling asleep and i was afraid i was going to drop this little fragile girl and so i'd like elbow julie julie you have to take her like i am literally going to drop her in the floor um it was crazy we that, never i've never felt that that before yeah, i'm sure you cry. have yeah, yes. Tommy didn't cry on the plane. I may have a few times, but um, <laughs> she never cried. She probably would have if I'd have dropped her. But so uh, when we were at the hospital, at one point, I came home to check on the big kids. I just felt like we were nearing the end. They told us you're probably going to get to go home tomorrow. So I just felt like I needed to get home and be mama to them. And I was on the phone with my dad, and he said, um, "Julie, you know, are you okay? Like, I just I can't imagine all that you're going through." And I at first I was like, "What going through?" what am I going through? Like, it just really hit me. And then I started thinking through what everybody was seeing from the outside. It's like, this probably does look crazy, (laughs) but it was his grace is sufficient. Mm. And that was the only way to explain those two. And honestly, God used a lot of the the surgeries and things to bond her to us Mm. because we were the ones there to comfort her. We were the ones there when she woke up from her surgeries and it was like we gained this trust that i don't know i mean i'm sure it would have happened eventually and all but 
I think it just gave an extra where her personality started a, coming through. Yeah, yeah. just an extra yeah. bond, you know. Yeah. Again, all things for good. Like yeah. a bracelet. <laughs> it's my motto. Well, that is uh God accelerated her trust through uh your consistency, which is kind of what you've just described of your faith with Jesus. He mm. accelerates your trust through his consistency. Mm. And that's really a, a yeah. very cool thing. Let me ask this question. This is a little more personal and I, I didn't put it on the list just because uh, um, I wanted to. Uh, Have to edit uh, it out. <laughs> well, I, I wanted it to be a fresh question. Um, so you guys have done this. You've done it together, husband and wife, as a family. You've walked into uh 23 hours of flying. Um, and that's a short trip to India for me. Um, <laughs> you know, you've come through this process, you come home, uh, you have uh, been consistent in loving each other in in loving your, your, your children, all four of them, uh, building a ministry, um, doing whatever it takes. Uh, and so I'm going to ask Julie, I'm going to ask you a question. And then Nick, the same question goes back for you. Uh, it's two pieces. What have you learned about your own faith in the journey you've been on? And then what have you learned about your spouse's faith in the journey that you've been on? Um, My goal well, is to make you cry, can, by the way. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're coming. <laughs> no, I do think back on the Julie from five years ago, thinking of all the things that I wasn't capable of, that I wasn't strong enough for, that, God, what are you thinking? Um, I just, I could never imagine where we are now. Um, but it was, it was that mustard seed that I just, it started small. It, it started at not even being able to imagine myself with a child with any special needs to being the parent saying yes. Um, people trying to talk us out of it, uh, like uh, adoption agency, right. not, not anybody personal, but. Well, they were just, because like I had said, we had told her you know, we're looking for minor special needs <laughs> and then God just changed our hearts. And when she called and we told her, she was very confident. Okay, well, I, I feel good about this, but I just, I wanted to she had know. to approve it. So to have somebody almost questioning it, um, it was, it went from some very small faith doing something I never thought I could do to where we are today. And, you know, I still have little faith sometimes, but I have learned just looking back, like I've said, that once you say yes to the small things, it's easier to say yes to the big things. And it's okay, God, take us on another adventure. You know, well, what do you have in store? Because we know that he'll follow through. Yeah. He keeps his promises. The beauty of that, and I, I would just encourage you with this, Julie, that um, I don't know that our faith ever gets bigger than a mustard seed. Uh, yeah. It just gets more well-placed in Christ. Yeah. And, You're more confident to plant it. Yes. Yeah. We don't really have to grow a big faith. We have a big God for whom mm. little faith, uh, it, it turns into something so unique, which mm. is encouraging to us all because, you know, I talk to people all the time. Well, I just don't have faith. And then the people who say, man, my faith is so strong, but I, I'm 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 not sure sometimes if it is. Nice. Uh, you know, your bravado is big, but bravado and faith are not the same thing. So sure. Nick, what did you learn about your faith in this journey? Uh, I was thinking a while ago and then we get to talking to her. Now I think I lost what I was gonna say. Um I, I basically I agree with her, but I do feel like um looking back on the journey, um, I think like we were talking about. And this doesn't just apply to the adoption. This is what I was going to say. It's coming back to me that when I look back on the adoption, I feel like it all kind of played a role, even in me starting my own ministry this year and things where I may have been like scared to death, but I've seen God come through and I've seen God work. And when God called me to this, I knew this is he, he's going to take care of it one way or the other. And we just step out and we do it. And it's like, it was that same pull, that same tug. I think we talked about that the last time, but like the same pull, the same tug was the same pull, the same tug that I felt with Tondi. It's like, you recognize God's voice. Yeah. You just recognize mm -hmm. when God is telling you, I'm going to take care of you. And then he does. And then every time he does, you have something to look back on. You know, David said in the Psalms, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yeah. I'll remember your miracles of long ago. Like, I think that's what, 
he was saying is like, I remember when God did this. I remember when God brought me through. And that's kind of what we, I think, have learned through this whole process is when God calls us to something, he's going to see it through. And we can trust in that. And, um, and I've seen it happen every single time. I mean, I really have. And, um, as far as Julie goes, just watching her, I mean, she's an amazing mom. And I know a lot of people say that about their spouses, but I watch her with four kids. And then sometimes, you know, I might be out of town or I might be in the studio. Or you might be number five. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I watch her with grace, like take care of not just Tanvi and her needs, but I mean, all the kids and getting them, you know, even the things that that you don't think are a huge deal. But you think of four kids who need baths, who need their teeth brushed, who need to get in the bed. Mm -hmm. And it's an exhausting thing. And I tell her all the time, whenever she's gone and I'm alone with just the four kids, I just, I have such an appreciation for her. She walks in the door and I go, I don't know how you do this (laughs) by yourself when I'm gone. It is like, it's so hard, but she just handles it so, you know, beautifully. And, um, and I think, I don't know. I just think that's, that's what I notice about my wife. Uh, mm. and I love her for that, for everything she is. But Julie, what do you notice about, uh, your husband's faith? What's, in, what have you learned about it? Um, I just know his faith in Jesus mm. is trustworthy. Mm. Um, and I know that I can trust him to lead our family. Um, I have no problem just you take the bull by the horns, you show us where to go. Cause I know who he is on his knees talking to every morning. Mm. Um, and that's been just a huge impact in, in our family. He sits here at the table um, with his Bible every morning. And I've seen Jude, our six-year-old sneak off um, to grab his little Bible that he got when he was dedicated as a baby mm. reading it. And he's not able to read fully yet, but he's having his Jesus time too. Um, and so when you watch- the other day, speaking of that, it was funny. We were, we, I wish that I got it on video. Milo, our one-year-old, he, he, my chair was out and he had gotten a little like ABC book or something. And he <laughs> sat in the chair and he got his, he got a little cup, a, uh, it looked like it was like one of those oh, yeah. Cheerio cups that yeah. holds Cheerios or whatever. And he was sitting there with his ABC book open and pretending like he was drinking <laughs> from his chair cup. Cause I'm always drinking my coffee. And Julie said, Nick, look at what he's doing. One year, one, one, one year, year old. old and already modeling after his <laughs> wow. But I, I said that I think on the last time I was on is, I, you know, that that was the impact that my granddad had on me a lot, yeah. you know, and my dad, too. But my dad's quiet times. He, he had his every day, but his were always like in private, in, private, in the closet yeah. and that kind of thing, which is amazing. Um, but there's, there was something special about when I'd go to my grandparents' house and my granddad just have his Bible out every time I was over there. And I think, you know, my kids are seeing that. I mean, Julie will tell me, I think I I told you, it's like, I don't call it a quiet time anymore. He's called a quiet time, but now sometimes it's, and sometimes it is, if you know, the kids aren't quite up yet and all that sort of thing. But then other times it's, it's just crazy and you're just focusing and it's just Jesus time. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, the kids are going crazy and, you know, it is what it is, but they're seeing it. Jesus is just a part of the family, though. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. <totally> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful description. Um, so you uh, you had gone through this this process. It has been uh, more than you bargained for at times. Um, God's provision, God's help. Uh, his people have come alongside. Um, he's blessed you with these four amazing kids who are all a part of the story. Mm. Um, we always say probably the most loving thing you can do for another person is to help them take their place in the story that God's already telling, um, mm. you know, and just help them. And so you've, God was telling a story and you took your place in that story with with your children, with Tanvi, and now she's taking her place in that story. But there's somebody listening right now who's going, it's not fostering, that's not for me, it's not adoption, that's not for me. But man, I I feel like God's got a crazy wild hair uh, decision coming my way and I need a yes, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm tempted to say no. Uh, mm-hmm. That's too much for me. I feel like God might even be asking too much. Um, what, what do you want to say to that person? Say yes, scared. I mean, we did. It, it's amazing when God calls you to something, 
I'm not sure the fear ever completely goes away, but there's still that, that piece that passes understanding that you still, you're saying yes, scared. And I think we're supposed to feel that way because it is what keeps us on our knees and keeps us saying yes every single day. Um, and it is, it's so easy to look back on people's callings. And I used to kind of point my fingers if somebody said they were called to something and then they would struggle within that calling. It was easy to say, oh, see, you know, you weren't really called to it because it's hard. You know, you're really struggling with that. God wouldn't have called you. No, God wants us to be in the heart because he wants to walk with us yeah. in it. Um, so it doesn't saying yes doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. Look through God's word and tell me somebody who didn't have it hard that followed after Jesus. I mean, I'm just <laughs> saying so. Um, yeah, so true. Mm, so, I love yeah. that. Say yes, scared. Um, the Psalms 37 says, trust in the Lord and do good and then dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And the psalmist gives us a sequence. In our culture, we say, I don't have peace. So we think trusting God brings peace. But mm -hmm. in reality, trusting God leads to righteousness, to mm -hmm. doing good. It's doing good that leads to peace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it, that's it, what I was going to say is if you say no, you might live, you know, a comfortable yeah. life, but there will be something in deep inside where, you know, something's missing, you know, something's. And when you say yes, you might not live that comfortable life. It might it might stretch you farther than you ever thought you could go. But you have this peace of just knowing that you're right where God wants you to be. Uh, I love, I love that you guys have done this. Um, I'm familiar with orphanages in India. Uh, you've told me enough of Tanvi's story. And uh, I would say with great confidence that Tanvi lives today and breathes today uh, because God spoke to you uh, and you put a maybe down and mm. uh, in your maybe uh, a file was sent to you. And when you looked at the file, um, you god confirmed that that she's yours mm -hmm. and uh you you even tried to talk yourself out of it uh, mm -hmm. but uh experts are no match for the voice of god when he speaks clearly and mm -hmm. um what you have done and what your children have been a part of is that uh, she lives today uh, she smiles today with joy um she uh is contagious today mm -hmm. um, because you said yes uh, and you refuse to to back off of that yes and turn it into a no and so i just want to say uh, um, that's obvious to me it's obvious to the people who are hearing your story right now um, and uh, i just want to say uh, on behalf of our father in heaven uh, well done uh, that is such a such a heroic and courageous faith, and it and and Julie, you said you said it more than once. You just planted right there at the foot of the cross, mm -hmm. that little piece, that little tiny seed, um, and uh, God takes you places that you never would have imagined. He you become something. You become an expert in special needs, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Every church I know needs an expert in special needs. Yeah, um, yes. there's a big need for that for sure. Yeah, I just uh, uh, you become an expert in trusting God, and every follower of Jesus I know needs that expertise. Uh, you become an expert storyteller in the faithfulness of God, and every every friend of God needs to know that that story He's writing with you, His pen, and you're the parchment. Mm -hmm. uh, that it can be written in them too, uh, whether that is adoption or not. Um, let me wrap it up with this question for you. Um, and, uh, and I want to respect your time. I know it's late where you are and, and, uh, and I'm really old, so it's getting late where I am. Too, <laughs> so see all that gray hair. Um, no, I, I want to just uh, see if you guys can respond to this. I want to respect your time. When, when you said yes, um, did you have any idea the stories you'd be telling uh, today? And um, 
when you tell the stories, there's joy on your face. I can see it. Um, Tell me why that joy is there. Hmm. I I don't think we had any idea. I think as far as just knowing, I think it was like we said, we were just taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. And now not only do we love telling the stories, I mean, God has given Tanvi this platform through her surgeries and through different things where her story is just being shared, even to non-believers. Many times it usually is Mm non-believers, but we get to sneak in (laughs) how God led us to do this. And, um, and so God is using Tanvi to shine light into so many people's Mm -hmm. lives. I mean, everywhere she goes, she already just, people just light up. You can see the most miserable looking person. I can try to talk to them. They'll just kind of, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden Tom becomes up behind me and they just, she starts talking to them and they, they just transform. Like she just mm-hmm. has this way about her. I'm a frequent shopper at Hobby Lobby or I used to be mm-hmm. before four kids and now they break things. So we don't <laughs> go as much, <laughs> but um, <laughs> there was, an employee there who I had an older gentleman who I had tried to soften up every time I went in, I would try to smile, try to start a conversation, just try to see if I, it was like a challenge. I'm going to go in today, see if I can get this man to smile. And I never could break him. First time I take Tanvi in, she starts waving and talking. I had to, I felt like I was being rude saying, okay, well, same, same <laughs> gentleman. I need to get going now because he just <laughs> wanted to smile and talk to her for yeah. such a long time. So she is, she is bridging gaps that I had no way of ever crossing. So it, it has, it has been amazing things that you, you pray and you hope, you know, God, okay, what good are you going to bring, bring from this? But yeah. you can never imagine exactly how immeasurable yeah. The things yeah. are that he does. I mean, who would have thought that we were going one day we'll be telling Tommy, you got to walk around the Brave Stadium. I mean, you you got you got to stand before this crowd and that crowd. And like yeah. your story was just such a inspiration to so many people. But at the time when we were just adopting, we had no idea all that was even gonna happen. I mean, that was just that's just something God just kind of opened up and said, Hey, this is gonna give you an opportunity. I mean, the Fox Five thing we talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning, that came from the show every every like opportunity that came uh came because she had so many surgeries through them you know and who knew i don't even know if we answered your question (laughs) you did you did and i i i feel like um i feel like we could have this conversation for more and more hours and um what I what I appreciate is you guys sending spending the time to just relive this this journey and that you're still in that you're this this part of the story, um, and I want to uh, I want to wrap up with just an encouragement to people who are listening, uh, and to you guys that um, we'll never be able to measure this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, kingdom work is not measurable in an earthly kingdoms it's only measured in heavenly kingdoms you know and even though the kingdom of god is here it's within us the way god measures it is in eternity Uh, we don't have the the capacities in our brokenness Uh, but what we do have is the capacity to tell stories uh, and to talk about uh, when we were afraid god showed up when we had nothing god was there um and, and, and in Psalm, uh, in Psalms of Ascent, it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where's my help come from? That's a psalm that they would begin to sing a day outside of Jerusalem. Uh, as they would look at that city on a hill, they could see it from about a day away. And that's when they would start singing it. Uh, and it wasn't a song they sung about 20 years from now. It was a song that they sung about the city of God. Mm-hmm. I'm lifting my eyes to the hill because that's where my help comes from. You know, who is my helper? The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And you have not used those words, but you've told that story. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to continue. And so I'm really uh, proud of you. And I'm really happy. Uh, Julie, it's so great to see you face to face. It's much better than seeing me face to face, especially the last time I was sick. So you were you know, sick. You, you <laughs> were <laughs> You look I, so I much better. I don't have a frog now. voice this time, so that's good. <laughs> so, but uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us uh, this month, and I feel like we probably could talk for much more hours, but um, I want to make sure that we honor your time, 
And uh, so, uh, folks, thank you for listening out there. We are grateful uh, to hear this story. When you hear it, um, put comments in the notes. Uh, we'll have some links in the show notes as well. Uh, put comments in there. Uh, let them know you're praying for them. Uh, let them know that uh, you have been encouraged by their story. And uh, in doing so, um, let's all give a, let's give a shout out to our Father in Heaven who's worth mm-hmm. trusting. Yeah, he's so trustworthy. And uh, and so thanks again. And that's all we've got for today. We will talk to you next week. Hi there. My name is Ethan Fields, and I serve as the family support director for Foster 180. At Foster 180, we recognize the need for family support and believe it is an important piece in order for us to love the children and families in our community well. Included in that support is a wide range of classes we teach to better equip biological parents, foster parents, churches, and RAP teams. Some of those classes consist of providing proactive parenting tools, trauma-informed care, RAP team trainings, and more. We often do this in a group setting, but they can be done in individual settings based on need as well. Another avenue of support we offer is assisting foster families with the materials they need during a placement in their home. This can be an extremely challenging time in the early days of the placement, and our goal is to take just one more item off your plate to help lighten the load. This could be providing a car seat, crib, stroller, or packs of diapers, or even items such as toys, books, and clothes. We want to be a resource to assist these foster families in our community in order for them to be able to be as effective and supported as they possibly can be.